Thanks, thanks for doing this uh, a little bit early after weekend travel that I had to deal with. Yeah, of course. Always happy to support your trips to Chicago. <laughs> um, all right, so we got a few things to get with. Uh, should we just start with the challenge reunion? Sure. Um, shout out to Maria Menounos. Who... Oh, I'm so glad. I have two notes, by the way. That's it. Just two notes on the reunion. One is a quote. And the other is, thank God Maria Menuno is back <laughs> as the sort of regular host of the Challenge Reunion because all the other weird, goofy stuff they tried, from Vernon Davis to Nick Young and some MTV VJ, like, it, they were brutal. And Maria... Really? She's, first of all... You need someone with a firm hand on the steering wheel. That's right. First of all, she's an excellent right, host. Because they get out of control. She's yeah. very... She's, she is in control. She's in command. She knows what she's doing. But second of all, she clearly watches and cares about the show. When, like, Nick yes. Young was up there, I was like, have you even seen this show, dog? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's a huge... And I believe she did last year, too. I'm hoping we start to see her every season because she is the right choice for the Challenge Reunion host, at least if they don't want to let me do it. I don't... Uh, I don't mind The Miz. I think The Miz... Steps in there and does a decent job when they have him. He's um, fine. But I think but he's not up pretty much everybody else. Yeah, and he's just not the pro that Maria is on a microphone. It's not the same. Right. Now, that said, did you like the whole uh, sequence where she lost it talking about Nadi's mom and, and obviously her own mom? You know... I don't know if this uh, – look, I, I, I don't know if the Challenge Reunion is the right place for that content, but I, I'll say this. First of all, I don't think she expected them to air that. Like she I had, 100% agree. I, they clearly made a decision afterwards, like, oh, this is good. We're putting it, we're putting it in. Yes. You know what I mean? She, she like, had you can the, tell she was retaking those. That's right. She yeah. had the air of someone who was like, scratch that, we'll reshoot it. Um, and I think the intention was – reasonably honorable and just to show like hey this was this was really a big thing and and i think maria was kind of everyone in that because i know i got choked up a couple times watching nani try to process everything she was going through so like i i liked it like i get that maybe the reunion is more a place for the sort of laurel and uh, michelle interaction than for that interaction but i thought it was genuine Oh, yeah, it certainly was genuine, and I'm not being critical of the emotional reaction to it, or even the sharing of, like, hey, that really meant something to me. But I did feel like it got to be a little bit about Maria Menounos, which is like, you know, I just praised her, but not also not why we're watching. You know what I mean? So Yeah, um, but I did think that was an effort to sort of, even though obviously she had a special connection with losing her own mother, like, I think that was also an effort to sort of represent the audience reaction to Nani, which I think 
you know, at least speaking for myself, was was pretty strong. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Any other highlights for you? Yes. Um, because, well, there were look, there were some. I don't know if I would call it a highlight watching Laurel eviscerate Michelle, but I felt like it was well earned and appropriate. Um, <laughs> if I was going to guess like, to be what, like what part of that shit was your favorite, it definitely would have been that for sure. Yeah, but the, I did have the line of the show for me was when Maria was like, I think it might even have been a listener question, like, "So Fessel, your name means decision maker, but." Uh, you want to make some decisions about some of these ladies you were canoodling with? And he was like, uh, well, uh, the one who's not here is out. <laughs> but these two that are here, I don't know. I like this one. I like that one. I like everybody. <laughs> and Laurel just goes, so not a decision maker. <laughs> <laughs> Which? Fessel to his credit, you know. He was like, yep. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> no, he, like to his credit, he, he, he knows that about himself. But, uh, yeah, it's – and by the way, in the midst of all that, he's also hitting on Raven during the breaks. Like, the guy is incorrigible. <laughs> hey, he's single. She's single. I, ain't nothing wrong with it. I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. I just said the guy's incorrigible. <laughs> I feel like incorrigible implies there's something wrong with it. I could be, I, you know, obviously that wasn't what your your intent, but that's yeah, what I don't that's mean. What I mean. Ro- like, not wrong with it, but like, it looks a certain way. <laughs> like, he it can, does look a certain. He way. seems to not want to be known as like a goof who can't make his mind up and is constantly hitting on everybody, and yet that's exactly what he does at every turn. Yeah, it'd be good if there was another word for messy that that rivaled Fessel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to work on before next pod. Is like, uh, well, not not a lot of things rhyme with Fessel, if I'm honest. Vessel. Yeah, I mean, what's Vessel? It gets short. Yeah, yeah, that list is short. It's a short list. Wrestle, uh, wrestle. Oh, that's pretty one? good. <laughs> I think we might be able to work um, with wrestle. You know, he's wrestling with with his yeah. decisions. <laughs> possible i liked um that we finally got to find out the origin of uh fessy and mariah's ride or dieness which is basically that he slid into her dms i'm like that's yep right. that tracks that's <laughs> that's exactly right also enjoyed the tidbit that she only responded once he was verified <laughs> yeah yeah hey I, nothing wrong with that either you know what i mean no like, not at all it's it's a weird world out there on the internet. Like, hey, that's that's know, just you know what that is. That's respecting yourself if you're Mariah, <laughs> not responding to every random jackass that jumps into your DMs. <laughs> Did you expect that Mariah and Bananas would still be in uh, a relationship of some sort? Um, it's a little surprising. It's a little surprising, but I don't. I don't know, man. I I love. I'm trying to search for the right way to say this. Like, I guess I get it on both sides. Uh, Johnny's a pretty, like, suave, cool dude who's, uh, you know, he's, his life is is uh, pretty successful. And Mariah is a very attractive young lady whose personality seems delightful as far as I can tell. So, why not? Yeah, go for it. 
I mean, when he kissed the tire in the final, that was pretty. That was a pretty romantic move. I thought. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was the deal break. Yeah. Or the, you know, that, was the, that sealed the deal, so to speak. You know. <laughs> do, you, do you imagine that Norris would wear uh, an outfit that she would have to prop up with her own hands to keep from uh, nip slipping several times during the show? <laughs> I, I don't know that she was successful. <laughs> and I guess that's all I'll say about that. I want to go further because, um, you know, one of the lines, I don't even know the line of the show isn't right. It definitely was not. I didn't write this down in sort of a burn of the week fashion. But my pussy drips gold is the (laughs) kind of line that you get on a challenge reunion. Yep. uh, That you do not get on a regular challenge episode. It is reunion only. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> I, like, you know what? I, I will say this, man. Um, Raven clowned herself on television. And I actually have a lot of respect for the fact that, without any hesitation, Norris owned her her decisions and her body and, like, was like, yeah, I did what I wanted to do, and you can go screw, basically, you weird creep. Um, uh, you knocked up the actual line, which is you're just mad because you can't get it like me. Yeah, <laughs> and and honestly, <laughs> which, I think that is an accurate, accurate read. Yep. Like Raven, I, I honestly don't care what the lead up was. Like, okay, maybe Johnny Middlebrooks is an asshole who led Raven on a little bit, but like. <laughs> It doesn't sound to me like there should have been any confusion by the time they arrived over whether or not they were going to have anything. And they, they never had any significant relationship in terms of, like, a romantic thing. It was all in her head. And the fact that she made it into a thing where by enjoying himself with another person socially, he was abandoning her as a partner is asinine. We watched the show, Raven. He was right there for you as a partner. Like... This whole idea of, like, instead of strategizing with me behind the scenes, he was making out with Norris, that's bullshit. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah. That's not a thing. It's and not she, like all the partners are sitting around with each other strategizing all day. Yeah. She was deep in her feelings about it from the second he started making eyes, and um, she's still deep in her feelings about it, right? Right. So, and it's, it's the uh, same thing to me, not to jump to a seemingly unrelated subject, but it's the same thing to me with this whiny nonsense from Jay about, oh, they were cheating, they were helping my opponents. Have you watched a challenge? Have you ever watched a challenge? That's the game. That's the game. People help. And if nobody's helping you, it's your fault. I would go further and say it's always been a game uh, where the rules are minimal and contestants are encouraged to be creative. Exactly. So like, like entirely keeping with the uh, way the game is played. And, you know, maybe if you hadn't been hanging out on fucking Survivor or whatever, you'd know that. Right. Well, and maybe um, if you hadn't been, like, double-crossing all of your friends for the previous few weeks, <laughs> some of them would have helped you. But, like, you can't yeah. just go around acting like an idiot and messing up all your alliances and then be upset when the gallery helps the opposing team. And also, the Michelle then tried to make the argument, well, this is different because we had to communicate and they were too loud. And it's like, if they were so damn loud, how'd the other team communicate? You idiots. Right. I don't know. I, well, like, they were pretty loud. 
I have, I have very, and maybe this is my like overwrought challenge snobbiness at this point, but I just have so little patience for people who don't get the game and want to complain about how it works. Yep. I agree with that. And like Jay, it's just, you know, look, I think if Jay had, had a different ride or die, he would have had a very different game. Yeah. He played, you he know. played Michelle's paranoia. Like that's the game they played was Michelle's paranoia and it screwed him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that their, their relationship is symbiotic in some ways and, uh, not in others. And that's, and that's one in that he really feeds, he allows her paranoia to run rampant. You know what I mean? Michelle is like someone who can tamp that down a little bit. Exactly. Michelle is like, if Amber B wasn't good at anything, then, then that's, that's who Michelle is like paranoid (laughs) on edge, constantly inventing things in her head, but also just not that good. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need her back, but it does seem like they like her for some reason. Speaking of which, did you notice at all that, uh, you know, they got to Amber B's pregnancy right at the top of the show. Yep. And everyone congratulated her. Yep. And no one said a fucking word to Chauncey. Nor did he <laughs> speak a single word over the course of the episode. Yeah. Like, like people got out of their is it chairs. It's got to be his baby. People got out of their chairs. It's got to be his baby. People got out of their chairs to hug Amber and did not address him. I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't know. If it's his baby, which I'm assuming it is. Well, do you? I don't think he'd congratulate the man. If that was not his baby, I do not think he would have been there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs) Uh, A very fair point. And by the way. They seem like a great couple. I'm only asking because it was that weird to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, they seem very much in love, and I'm I'm quite happy for them. Uh, so no shade, but uh, it was weird. It, it was, was weird. weird. And like, I I'm I I am taking the I think that's bad, bad like bad congratulations by the rest of the cast. Not anything to do with Amber and Chauncey. And and I've just gone to Amber's Instagram where the last post is. Hashtag mom and dad uh, with a picture of them. So I'm fairly certain there's nothing weird going on there. Okay. <laughs> I don't, no one had any follow-up questions about it? it nothing. Was all like, I don't know. And they didn't let Chauncey say a word. Not a word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that as well. Like I also a simple, really enjoyed... A, a simple Sorry, how do you feel, dad, would have been nice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, he's the young one of the, yep. of the two of them, you know what I mean? I'm sure he's freaking out the most. Uh, I do wonder if, if like, that happened and it just didn't look great, so they cut it. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible. I'm sure they, they cut a whole lot of stuff. Um, uh, I also really enjoyed Devin pulling the safe dagger and then just <laughs> giving Raymond a shit for trying to ask the question anyway. I'm not going to answer that because I pulled the safe dagger. And the the way he did it, too, because it was an odd, like, first of all, they answered the question by pulling the safe dagger, right? The question was, right. did you guys sandbag challenges to not piss anybody off? And obviously they did. I was saying this during the season. We heard about it more with Johnny. Many but like, people were. What's that? Said many people were. Yeah. Exactly. Many people were. <laughs> and I think it worked. It worked best for Dev- Devin and Tori, obviously. But the fact that the question came and Devin just turned to Tori and was like, 
Boulder. <laughs> and then from the second they walked up there, he's pointing at the dagger he wants to choose, and it's the safe dagger, of course. He, he, had, a, he had a charmed season. He, he sure did. He sure did. But some of that's because he's, he's a step ahead. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, he was ready. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, so good for him. Not sure about the jacket. <laughs> Look, I, there is. Um, a, do you remember what Jordan won or wore after his first win? It was like it looked. He looked no. like he was a blacksmith or something. Now he's especially <laughs> weird, but like I, I feel like if you win, do what you want. Because I, look, I love Tori in every way, and I love everything about her. But it wasn't her best outfit either. No, no, I was just about to say. I was just about to say. I'm gonna fine with you what you want, but uh, we got to talk about Tori's outfit too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, maybe not a winner. Maybe not a winner on that one. Um, all right, well, that's all I got for reunion thoughts, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't lie. I'm excited to see what happens when Turbo uh, comes on the big screen. Oh, you are? I feel like that's a big nothing burger. It, uh, it Yes, it probably is, and I don't think we'll ever see Turbo on a challenge again. But I... I, I <laughs> I don't know. I'm in, I'm intrigued. I like they 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 teased me. It was an effective television yes. tease. I think the house reaction tells you know I should say the house the, because it wasn't like they're in the house, but the cast reaction to Turbo being on the screen tells me he's not going to be in the challenge again because there's nothing you could do from that storyline. No. Other than everyone would just try to get Turbo out in the beginning. Yeah. We keep throwing him in until he went in. You know what I mean? Well, so, and, and I think also, um, like, I think that the producers realize that, like, the the turn against Turbo is about him being, like, truly unpleasant in a way that, like, not in, like, the I'm a challenge villain way, but in the, like, we don't want to be around that human way. And I think that's a tough yeah. thing for them to put back in the house. Yeah, bad vibes. Again, feel bad for his partner. His name, yeah. Anna? Yeah. Tamara? She seemed... Tamara. That's yeah. what you seem nice enough. Good stuff there. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, you want to talk about fakes? Yes. So I hope everyone watched the right thing because we, we were had some confusion about whether there was this was a Netflix show or an Amazon Prime show. And it turns out that each one has a show called Fakes. Very uh, confusing. The show that we were talking about is the Netflix show. Yes. Um, uh, about the two teams. And this is a show... I mean, it's essentially a right like a Breaking Bad story for high school. Yep. Which should be a thing that is right up our alley. But I found this to just not really be effective. And How much did you watch? I just think I watched three of them. Okay. Um, but I, you know, they're short. So like, three was a little bit of a chore, honestly. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I'm in between on this. I. There's a part of me that likes what they're doing, which is telling the same story from two different perspectives. Um, but the way that it's done feels clunky, like it kind of retreads the same ground a little too much. And there are like quirky, interesting characters that don't maybe get developed as much as they would because there's too much retelling of the story with very very like moderate differences in perspective not yeah. it's Rick. not it's not huge it's just like slight adjustments that are like 
And it's kind of it's a kind of cool presentation, but I would agree with you that it doesn't come together in a way that like sucks you in. And it's the sort of show that like there are twenty five minute episodes. You should be able to like wham three of them out and feel like it was ten minutes. You know, um, right? Right. It, it isn't that. And maybe um, it, you know, for me, I think it was as simple as just the lead characters not being interesting enough. Like I found them both kind of one-dimensional in their own way and maybe that broadens out after more episodes or seeing more of them i don't know yeah um but like like it just wasn't a good hang in a way and like i feel like you could see the show trying to be clever in the way that some of these british teen shows that we've watched are clever you know what i mean well, i think that's um, the challenge for this certainly show with the, the salty language and you know kids behaving badly right and, um you know a lot of that stuff and it's just not as fun as any of those shows. No, and I so. think, like, for us, there's a very natural comparison to make to the show we just watched on Hulu, Extraordinary, where, you know, like you said, like, there's a vibe that that, that Fakes is going for that, that, that a show like Extraordinary just does 30 times better. Um, yeah, and those characters, by the way, those characters, if you just looking at them objectively as people, you know what I mean, are probably less likable than the leads in fakes, right? Like, yes. they're kind of bigger assholes. Right. Um, but they're much easier to root for because they seem more like fully drawn people. Right. Right. And maybe that's part of the problem is, like, they're the flaws of those characters in the British show, which are played up a little bit more, are, make them, uh, like, somehow more charming and in, in their humanity. Yeah, I think that, that's part of it. You know what I mean? And then they're also just, you know, I mean, like, uh, I forget the, the guy who was a cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jizzlord. Yeah, Jizzlord. You know, like, yeah, like, there's obviously nobody deeply weird as Jizzlord in that show. No. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah. although, you know, so I think there's just an extra level of quirkiness. <clears throat> yes, know, although, uh, repeating myself without the voice break, I did find the like drug dealer guy, uh, you know, to be a pretty enjoyably quirky character. Yeah. Yeah. That's the closest. I think that's the closest they come is that guy working in the, in the shop. But a lot of, a lot of, a lot of those jokes are mostly like, he's dumb, right? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, he's dumb, but also I, there, (laughs) there's a, there's a pretty funny scene. Uh, I think it's probably in the fourth episode where he walks up to them while they're like, you know, just having a conversation, trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do, and just casually mentions to them that, uh, despite what you would think, if you're going to have a finger cut off, it's actually best to have your non-dominant index finger. Like people assume it's the pinky, but actually you use that much more every single day, and then it's just sort of like, cool, see you guys later. Yeah, you know what? I must watch four because I saw that. I definitely saw that. So, yeah, so like those yeah. sorts of things are are enjoyable. This is not a terrible show. It just, it I think I think it feels lacking even more so because it, it's sort of in stark contrast to this really charming Hulu show we just watched. Yeah, and look, I'm gonna throw, um, you know the you're, I think we've talked about it. You're you've heard you've heard of this uh, New Yorker profile of the woman who runs Netflix. I think we may have even talked about it on the show. Um, it's sort of been the talk of Hollywood for a little bit. Um, I don't know what you're the, talking about. 
one of the throwaway lines. It's um oh I'll send it to you. Okay. It's a New Yorker profile of I believe her name is Bella Bajari, I believe is the name it's pronounced. Um, but she's kind of the head of content for Netflix and uh, gets a, a, into a little bit about what their strategy is and stuff. And hmm. one of the big takeaway lines from it is like, we're looking for gourmet cheeseburgers, right? Um, you know, shows that are well-made but super accessible, you know, is right. Like that's that's kind of the, the strategy. Now, yeah. You know what I mean? And this to me is it's just a cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can eat it because cheeseburgers are good. But right. It's a cheeseburger. It it's a cheeseburger like from one of those frozen stacks of cheese, stacks of burgers. <laughs> Which is like yeah, that's yeah, maybe if I'm doing a barbecue it's with like, the kids. It's like a White Castle. Well, I would I wouldn't go White Castle. Um, but but okay. like I'm 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 doing the frozen burgers and and they go on the grill and they cook and they taste like burgers and it's good. It's a good like uh, Sunday barbecue deal, but it's not a gourmet burger. If I want that, I gotta go out right. there. Right, and have someone expertly prepare for you, right? Exactly. So, exactly. Right, hundred percent, and that's that's kind of where things is. Yeah, no, I think we're mostly on um, the same page here. I may have had a slightly better time than you, but I feel very similarly about the show. Yeah, and this was one I like. I like, like it was just weird to me because I'm like, I should like this. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Mark Maron, I don't have a ton to say other than Mark Maron's a fun hang for an hour, and um, you know he's still he's still good at telling jokes, you know, yep. and telling stories. It's all, it's all the comedy you expect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Although I will say I, this: I, if if you're not following Mark Maron, um, it is a very emotional and personal stand-up special in a way that few are. Yeah, and that is, uh, that's what I was going to say. So obviously, it's noteworthy that he talks about uh, losing his partner uh, during uh, during the pandemic. And here's the other um, thing I would say, um, and I, I think this this speaks to I, I not that you said anything other than nice things, but you may have undersold just how highly professional and and talented of a comedian he is at this point in his career, <laughs> because I saw most of this material live. I I heard much of it developed over the course of listening to his podcast and i still laughed constantly watching this special like he's just yeah his his delivery is way up there to me yeah you know like he, he knows how to sell a joke there know? are just and and if you're someone who sees a lot of comedy right there's tons of funny stand-up comedians tons and like some really good ones who will make you laugh you know for an hour straight but they're there's like another level of guy or girl where when you watch them, in addition to all of that stuff, in addition to making you laugh all the time, there's just like a level of comedic professionalism where you just feel like you're in really good hands the whole time. That I, There's only a few people that really rise to that level, I think, and that's where he is for me. Well, high praise. Yeah, high I'm praise. a big Mark Maron guy, obviously. I among all the comedians of the world and maybe that's i think a lot of that is just because so much of you know so much of how you take in mark Marin now content wise is not necessarily as a comedian as more just a guy who's funny you right. know what i mean right while he's hosting or acting in something you know so yeah um which he's also great at you know yeah i yeah. kind of wish he'd do a radio show again but uh 
you know, obviously that's not going to happen. He's a podcast gajillionaire. He's a very busy man as well. Um, but I, I listen to that podcast twice a week, and I am never disappointed. He is, you know, as someone who's made a career out of talking into a microphone, uh, I don't think there's anybody better as an interviewer in the world than Mark Marin. I, I, I think he is – I aspire to, to find a way to be that open and communicative in interviews. I, I truly think it's a special talent. Bob, taking him, taking him over Stern on the interview front. I, you know what? I can't listen to Stern, so it's just hard for me to mm. comment. Well, on Stern, I feel like Stern has these sort of built-in advantages in that, like, now there's this expectation that you're going to go in there and spill your guts out, right? So Yes. Um, he has that advantage, but I, <laughs> he's also doing – he's like he's just – I don't like that type of radio guy frankly you know i don't like shock jocks upset me so i don't like his content he's a great interviewer oh but yeah i, don't I enjoy think it. i think his content and i don't listen to the show regularly either so maybe i'm talking up my ass but my understanding is that the content of that show has evolved a lot from the shock jock days no of um, course it has i mean he, he like a lot, lot he, less of that stuff. he's not doing the but it's still that's that is still his his archetype you know like he's still like like the interview is gonna gonna get into jizz somehow you know what i mean like he's just that's who he is um yeah yeah, yeah. well mark maron will get into jizz i don't you know what i mean like i don't think he's he's not know. a mark maron's not Sorry. afraid of jizz but he's not committed to it if you if you like right. there's a difference <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough um it's not. I'm not criticizing Stern's ability. It's just not for me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, you want to get into Fablelands? Yeah. I, I've really been struggling um, to figure out how to talk about this. See, this I thought was a gourmet cheeseburger. You know, like. Well, it was definitely gourmet. Like, uh, is it? Is it possible? Stay with me here. Could this been? Could was this maybe like the gourmet meal in in the film Hook? <laughs> I I have to be honest. I don't know that I've seen the film Hook. Oh uh, well, when Robin Williams uh, as the once Peter Pan arrives in Neverland, the Lost Boys feed him a meal, but there's no there's nothing there. Oh, gotcha. He has to imagine. Okay. <laughs> and I just feel oh. like this was a. This was a really artful expression of directorial talent with no content unless you graft your own imagination of Steven Spielberg onto it. Like if well, if nobody told you this was a an autobiographical film, I don't think anyone would be interested in it. I think that's true, but it's also like I don't I, I don't like I don't know how you watch it in the other way. Like, I, it wasn't a stretch for me to be, like, Stephen Fableman and Steven Spielberg. Like, uh, Sam, you know I mean? Sam. Like, that was Sam, Sam Fableman. Fableman, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then, um, but, but that's a weird, that's weird to me. And also, I just, I really, like, I don't know, because I like, because I, 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 it's not like I didn't enjoy watching it. And, and there's some shots that are incredible. The final shot of the film was a, was a brilliant visual joke that I really enjoyed, um, that I, I don't really want to spoil, but. 
I think you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. What'd you say? I said I was agreeing with you, yes. Yes, okay. Yeah, so I... This this is pretty much a good movie by every standard, other than the fact that, like, as I watched it, I often found myself wondering what the hell I was supposed to care about. Other than, like, this is one of the greatest directors of all time whose story I'm getting to see, you know? Right, yeah. Like, that's, well, that's that's kind of what I mean, is it's like, you know, it's a guy telling a story, and this guy happens to be amazingly talented, yeah. and that's... <laughs> But he's telling a very small story, and that's kind of how you wind up with gourmet cheeseburger, right? Like, yeah, maybe that's the right way not, to describe it. Yeah, like he's not—he's not trying to make beef burger you know? Right. <laughs> so it he's might, trying to make you lunch. Maybe it's just French fries, <laughs> gourmet French fries. I don't yeah, know. It didn't feel it like a full be. meal at all. <laughs> not even a it whole lunch. I look. I you know I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, it was a good watch, I think. But you're right; like it just doesn't. I don't know how much it leaves you with, you right. know. Other than like, you know, there's a certain magic in the movies that I think, you know, is a thing that we've seen in, you know, it, annually at Oscar time. There's two movies every year that are about the magic of the movies, right? Yeah, and I will year, say I think that this is better than a lot of them often are. Like, um, I and, and it is. It's so artfully done, and and when you do just watch it as little Sam, little Stevie Spielberg, you know, like a lot of things make a lot of sense, right? Like it, it does give you some insight into his artistry and how he thinks about the world of movies and like how he got his start. And the, the other thing is this is wall to wall tremendous acting. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Paul Dano, Michelle Williams, the the David Lynch cameo, the Judd Hirsch basically cameo, like every actor who steps onto the screen is putting in work and hitting home runs. Shout out to my boy Seth Rogen. Really strong performance from Seth Rogen. Like doing, and doing something a little different this time too, I think. You know. Yes, and that scene where he, you know, buys the camera, I thought was like a really just a really beautiful and beautifully acted scene. And the kid is, is excellent. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, and has a lot to do. Uh, and I'm sure that that was, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, trying to play Steven Spielberg, right. You know, in quotation, quotation marks in a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. How, (laughs) how daunting that would be for a young actor. Um, and I think he really hits out of the park. Yeah, so, so I, I, like, I thought the siblings and everything were good too. Yeah, it, it's a movie I have very little bad to say about. Um, but but it 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 did leave me just a little bit like, all right, I, yeah, yeah, okay. And I, and I think when you're talking about it in terms of like Oscar films, like you just usually want something with a little more ambition. I feel like for uh, best whatever, right? And, and I think that's probably why, like, I don't think this movie's going to win anything except maybe Best Director, right? Maybe but Best I Director, don't... and I wouldn't be shocked if, if, if there's an acting award. But I... but then again, you know, every time we look down the Best Picture list, nothing jumps out. No. 
So, I still I still like Top Gun of all the Best Picture nominees that we've seen. Right. The best. And I didn't like Top Gun that much. No. <laughs> no. And, and again, it's not like we disliked Top Gun. We thought it was a great popcorn film. But that's not necessarily what you're looking for in a Best Picture, I thought. But who knows? Yeah. I don't know what anything is anymore. Yeah. So who knows? I'm really hoping something's going to wow me. Um at some point between now and the show, but I'm we're run, running I'm out of running both time and films. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, all right. So we've got um, one Oscar movie on the on the slate for this week. Is that right? Yes. And that is the Woman King. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm actually kind of excited about this one. Uh, I feel like the main. I don't want to even want to say complaint, but like criticism of this that I heard was like not being totally historically accurate. And I'm not sure I care about that. So I'm, I'm hoping this could be the one that wows us. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, we're also going to watch a show on Amazon prime called the consultant mm-hmm. with Christoph Waltz. Um, and uh, Brittany O'Grady, I think is her name, who was the on white Lotus. Uh, Sydney Sweeney's friends, remember? remember uh... Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're in that show. I guess it's a send up of Office Culture. Yeah, um, and and it is described as a thriller comedy, which sounds interesting to me. Yes. Yeah, we'll see how those parts go together. Uh, and then we've got the Challenge reunion, of course. And last but certainly not least, the return of uh one of my all-time favorite shows party down um on stars so we think you were able to watch stars through amazon prime and something else maybe i don't know hulu and amazon prime both have uh stars channels that you can subscribe to from within the app so that's one way to do it and and there may be some uh free trial options you'll have to look into that for yourself but i think those are possible and i believe it's hulu that just added the entire first two seasons of Party Down. So if you want to, like, lock in to the vibe, and by the way, I can't think of much better uses of your time than watching the first two seasons of Party Down, I would I would say go for it. I would say, even if you've already seen the first two seasons of Party Down, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> watching them again. Uh, they're quite rewatchable. Um and um, and everything I've read uh, about this upcoming season uh, has me very excited. It's only six episodes, um, but I I can't wait to watch. Um, and I'm really sad that uh, that Lizzie Kaplan's not in it. But you know, everybody yeah, gets <laughs> I I I'm so I would love to know what happened with that. Just straight schedule conflict, from what I understand. I think she was just doing flights when was in trouble and couldn't, like, uh, literally couldn't be there. Uh, she sent some cupcakes to the set or something at some point. They said so. Ah, that's um, a bummer. But look, I mean, I'm excited to see those people back together, and I, I deeply trust Rob Thomas as a writer and creator. So, um, you know, I'm hoping it all, hoping it all comes together nicely. My confidence level. One is, is super duper high. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of um, Amazon Prime and Hulu and Stars and all this stuff, did you see that Showtime is, is like basically extinct? Yeah, it's like folding itself into Paramount Plus. Is that? Yeah, yeah. 
and it's at, like as a boutique studio, I guess, and they are almost everything that you're watching now on Showtime has been canceled. Um, well, what are we really watching now on Showtime? <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Were you still on the Shy? I don't think that's going to exist anymore. I was not still watching um, the Shy. No. No. Were no. You? No. Me <laughs> was anybody? Well, I mean, look. The one thing that we are watching, and I do think this is going to continue, is Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Um. So that really good news there. Yeah, and I I'll be glad to have it on streaming. Like I'm I'm good with it. I Showtime. Um, I would love it if Stars did the same, and, and we could just get party down right on Hulu. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It might it might be nice. Other than that, they're planning to franchise uh, a lot of their existing quote unquote hits, which basically means more, more Dexter prequels and Billions spinoffs. So I did. I um, saw a list of potential Billions spinoffs that I thought was a joke and turned out to be real. Did you see that? No, it's totally real. Yeah, with like millions and gajillions. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah, am not watching That's Billions right. anymore, for what it's worth. <laughs> I'm still watching Billions, but um, even I like. I mean, you know, you know, we've talked about the Showtime problem for many a year, right? Yeah. So. Uh, and billions is certainly it falls right into that. So right. uh, I'm just kind of holding on to the end. I'm certainly not going like, God, what we need is some fresh spinoffs with none of these people in them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. More shows so, about stupid money. That's what we need. Well, and look, I think the idea of millions, where it's like young people trying to make their first million. Okay, I get that. Of course, I'm already watching industry, so I'm kind of good there. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, man, um, I'm I'm getting a little over assholes, you know? If you're going to give me yeah. assholes, if you're going to give me shows about assholes, give me shows about assholes like Extraordinary, where they're assholes in small ways, not shows about the people who are literally ruining the world and the earth. Like, I don't... <laughs> well, as you know, I, much, I think the, uh, the portions of people in the industry are much, much more nuanced than, than that, but I... But I do understand your point. You know what yeah, I mean? Because well, you could no. say the same thing about Secession, right? You could definitely say the same thing about Secession. Yes. Except those characters are extraordinary, right? Well, that's the thing is, like, to me, there's a difference between a show like Succession or even Industry that is, like, showing you how complicated it is being that kind of asshole and a show like Billions that is being, like, isn't it pretty cool to have this much money? Like yeah, those that there's there's ups and downs and the characters have their problems, but like mostly the show is about like if you'll excuse my crassness, sticking your dick into like a, a pile of gold coins. That's mostly what so Billions is. More, more than like, hey, being rich is, is awesome. I think it's more like let's watch these people go to war, right? Like, isn't that what Billions is? Yeah, I guess, but it's like. Look at the rich people and their rich wars. Ooh, it's not like look at these fucking monsters, which is the the version of it that I can maybe get behind. Mm, fair enough. All right. You're definitely um, supposed to root for Axe. You know what I'm saying? Like Axe is not an he's not an antagonist. He's a protagonist. No. Yeah, I guess. He I is. Like, like yeah, he has flaws. Yeah, but, like, ultimately you're supposed to believe that, like, it's pretty cool to be Axe. I mean, uh, you know, 
apologies for spoiling the last couple of seasons of Billions. But I know he's we, dead. We are talking about a, a character that, well, he's not dead. He's in exile. Right. He's gone. Like, I know yeah. he's not on the show anymore. So, like. But I don't right. care. So it's not like it's not like it's not like he was like, "Hey, it's awesome!" Like you know, like the show, you know, d- doesn't paint out act as a scrupulous guy. No, and, like he winds up, he winds up. The law comes for him eventually, right? So like, it's you know, um, yeah. But I how do you imagine? Like, hey, this guy's awesome, Derek. How do you imagine his exile? Protagonist. Describe his what? exile. Describe <laughs> describe your imagination of his exile to me. Oh, he's living the like, you know, he's like one of the like a Nazi in Argentina. That's you know right. what I mean? Exactly. Like, and that yeah. is not that is not the end point of of someone that's a cautionary tale. That's the end point of like, well, you couldn't keep stealing the money of everyone in the world, but like you're living high on the hog in like a foreign country. Things are great, but you, but you managed to disappear. Yeah, and like I doubt he's living anywhere near as high on the hog as he once was. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I also think that being off by yourself for a character, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a fictional human being now in their in- interior life, but I do think that would be pretty miserable. I do think that would be pretty miserable for him. Yeah, you know but I, I mean? think so, now we're, we're thinking it through even more than the show does, to be honest. <laughs> that, might, that might be fair. All right. <laughs> That was we got in a very long billions tangent there. So, yeah. Well, you know, R- we R.I.P. Showtime. We always have to make sure to stretch it out somehow when we start to uh, get close to having a a nice tidy short show. <laughs> All right, let's get the hell out of here. Okay, bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the Jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.